Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Sunday afternoon. Monday morning, Sunday evening. It could be any time. I don't know. You could come back a week later and listen to it. I never know when you guys are listening, but we do appreciate it whenever you do. Thanks for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. A lot of you guys were tweeting at me this weekend about you making trips to Strange Brew. Certainly great to see that. Anytime you guys hit up one of our sponsors, let us know. because We want to know that you're doing that because that makes that helps us know that what we're saying is getting through to you. So it's sort of a, sort of a circle. It's a circle of life. I can't. I don't want to go any further than that. I don't, <laughs> don't want to do that, but. But that said, I do want you to go to Strange Brew Coffee House. You want me to come over there and like pick you up Simba style? Here's what we're going to do after the show now. I'm going to record that. I want to see if you can do it. I don't think you can do it. I'm going to need some help. Well, there's no help here. There's only the two of us. I'm going to need a a jump. I'm going to have to give you a little leap, huh? Yeah. Do you think you can hold me up for more than two seconds? Simba style? Yeah. No. Okay, then. (laughs) I just want to like have the camera up above me. (laughs) See how it goes. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that that works out. Uh, Strange Fruit Coffee House. Strange Fruit Coffee House. Coffee is delicious. Uh, <laughs> College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. Uh, Just no better place to find maroon and white merchandise than College Corner. Two locations to serve you down there in the Jackson area. They are in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Floyd by the Half Shell. Or you can always check out collegecornerstore.com and shop online. Mother's Day is this weekend, guys. If you're in the Jackson area, I would make a suggestion to do. If your mother or your wife, your girlfriend, whoever the whoever you, whoever has your children or you are a child of, I would suggest if they're a bulldog, swing over to College Corner and picking them something up. They will love you for it. Saw a lot of you again heading up to Humble Taco this weekend. I, every time I went past it, Place was was buzzing as I expected it to be. It's just too good not to be. It's Starkville's best new restaurant, Mexican food, Mexican fare with a Mississippi roots. The food is tremendous. The menu is unique. Stuff you don't find anywhere else. And of course, it's just that that great atmosphere for having a good time. Big patio, great drink specials, margaritas on tap. What's not to like? Make sure the next time you're in Starkville, if you haven't already, you're checking out Humble Taco. Let's talk about today. Big Sunday show. We've got a good bit of football to talk about in the second half, but we will start with baseball. And as predicted on Thunder and Lightning. It was not a prediction, Brian. That was a spoiler. Do tell. We predicted. Did we predict it? No. We spoiled. We told you. The fact that this weekend the dogs were breaking out the brooms. And what happened? Lo and behold, we showed up to Duty Noble. Didn't happen on the days we thought it would as... We were there for approximately 30 hours, it seemed, over the course of 
<laughs> we were there for 30 of 24 hours. Seemed. Either right. way. We were there. Three, three if, games. If I did three math wins. right, we were there in a in a 29-hour period. We were there for, I believe, 17 of it. I believe it. I think it felt that is, like it. I think that is correct. If my math is right, and God only knows if it is or not. But MSU gets the wins over uh, Texas A&M in three very different ball games. You had a, a walk-off win. You had a little bit of a pitcher's duel, and then you had a game where State finally got the offense to crank up a little bit. I think we saw some new lineup changes that could become the new lineup. Um, we finally saw we saw Landon Sims in, in real uh, you know extra innings mode. You know, to only get it, to use him once for the weekend, but I thought that the way they used him was was the correct. And then the rest of the guys just sort of stepped up. You had guys like Houston Harding step in into a big role. Uh, you had a guy like um, Cam Tuller Cam three, Tuller. three times. Really impressive, Cam yeah. Tuller. Uh, he, he's a guy who I think is going to see more innings and become. Uh, he earned it this week. And man. Stone Simmons, Stone Simmons has become sort of a go-to guy. Last week, really good in relief against Vanderbilt, sort of kept MSU in that ball game a little bit. And then this week he gets the save. A lot of different heroes for this weekend. Who who stood out to you? Brad Cumbest. That's that's the one, huh? We, well, I mean, you think about it and. Gosh, I, I'm trying to go back and and remember now, and then that that gets dangerous thinking about it. But I mean, his his third game, you know, the the doubleheader sweep game, the Saturday night cap was mm-hmm. probably the biggest game, of course, yeah. as he gets three hits, the two run homer, which was huge because State had just fallen down two nothing. Mm-hmm. He gets up there and cranks one to tie it right back up in the bottom half. Uh, he has an RBI hit later. Uh, Friday night. State may not get that game's extra innings without Brad Cumbest. He he leads off the ninth with the double, and uh, advances to third, and then scores on the sack fly. I'm trying to remember in that middle game, State wins three two. Did he drive in one of those three runs? No, all of State's runs in that were. Unearned, I know a couple I were unearned. Well, there was one on the wild pitch, one on an error. I, I don't think any of the runs were earned in that game. I was I trying to, looking at it and saying there, there were three runs scored with no RBIs. I was trying in my mind to to credit at least one of those runs, either scored or driven in, to Brad Cumbus so I could say that Brad Cumbus literally won all three of those games for yeah. Mississippi State. Like, but two of the three at least, he he had a humongous role. And in. we wondered on on you know was it a matchup thing? And I don't think that it is now. Well, I think Brad Cumbus is a starting left fielder. Yeah, and Lamona said afterwards uh, on Saturday that, you know, for a while there he was trying to play Cumbest against lefties and Skinner against righties, and Cumbest splits. He's actually a lot worse against lefties. And so he's actually better against right-handed pitching. That's crazy. Which means... Flies in the face of all baseball logic. Which almost means at this point you have to just keep playing. Because you're going to see more righties than lefties, and when you see a lefty, you're probably not going to start Skinner. Yeah. So you almost at this point he's just your de facto left, and I don't even want to say de facto. The dude's what's he hitting now? Three seventy. He's hitting three seventy two. And like before this weekend, you could make a case that he was hitting higher than what the eyeball indicated because mm-hmm. a lot of his hits it seemed like were just dunkers that fell in or ground balls yeah. in the infield that were hit slowly, and he was able to leg out. But I mean, he was right on balls all weekend. I mean, just driving the ball. Hit the, like I said, no doubt shot. In the the third game, yeah. plays good defense. Yeah. I mean, he's. I mean, think about this. Whenever we got towards the end of the second game on Saturday, mm-hmm. and there was a defensive substitution made, mm-hmm. 
It wouldn't come as to get taken out. No. It was Tanner Allen. Tanner Allen. And I don't know if that's just rest Tanner's leg, but I mean, it was still, I mean, the game. It was still a little bit in doubt, yeah. I mean, it, it ain't like State was up by 15 runs, so hey, take Tanner out, let him rest. I mean, that was. Basically, what's what's come to pass is this. We talked about it last week that, you know, eventually you have to say, this guy is hitting 380, and we are a team that's struggling to hit. We need to give him an opportunity. And you gave him the whole weekend. His average only dropped by 10 points. He had big hits. It's clear at this point you need to make that move. I mean, the, the the fact of the matter is this. If State comes out next weekend at South Carolina, and in the first lineup that Chris Lamonis reveals on Friday night, it's Braylon Skinner and left instead of Brad Cumbest. Mm-hmm. That will be maybe the first time that I just sit there in Lamonis' tenure and think, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you kind of have to just run him out there. And, then, and, and and you feel good about doing it because he's, like I said, he's hitting the cover off the ball. He's playing good defense. And it's not like Braylon Skinner has done anything to just lock right, it down. Right. You know? I mean, not saying that Braylon Skinner won't play a role in this team. He absolutely will. He may even start some games, you know, going forward if Cumbus gets in slump or whatever. But right now, Brad Cumbus is your left fielder. He just is. Then you add the switch that happened on Saturday – which was to move some pieces around on the infield. Tanner Leggett over to third base. Luke Hancock to first. Josh Hatcher out of the lineup. Cam James to DH. I think Cam James has to be the DH. His defense has just not gotten any better. On Friday night, he just chunks the ball up the right field line. That's a play that I just didn't understand because there's a guy on third. He's going for home. Come, or James is coming towards the plate to field that ball. Why does he not throw home? You're more of the baseball guy. Explain it to me. I, I mean, the only thing that you can come up with, and I look, I, I haven't gone back and rewatched the game, so it, you all may have seen it differently than I. They may have showed a bunch of replays to where you could. I don't know, but if you're a third baseman, and like you said, you're charging in on the ball, guys breaking for home. I mean, the only way you don't throw home in that situation is if you just see that he's going to beat the throw, and you have no shot, and so you just go ahead and get the out at first. And I don't know who was running at third. Don't remember. Don't remember how fast he was. I don't know. I I don't recall seeing that there was a for sure play at the plate. Now, maybe there was, and I just didn't see it. But if there's not a for sure out there at the plate, you got to get an out somewhere, throw it to first kind of thing. But, gosh, man. What I tell you going into this week, I picked Cam James. I said his glove yeah. needed to have a big weekend. It didn't, and it did not quickly. But he had a great weekend at the plate, though. And he I think did. He had two or three. He hits. was on base all the time. He had two or three hits, and he had. I think he was walked six or seven times. I mean, Cam James is. He, the, was, he got on base ten times, basically. I, I mentioned this last week, but Cam James is the epitome of a guy that he his defense has not been great. But when he's in the lineup, he's gonna you know drive in or score more than he lets in for the most part. But it was getting to the point where he's letting in a lot. And he let in a couple more on Friday. And so you have to keep his bat in the lineup. But he is killing you in the field. I mean, he's the reverse Josh Hatcher. Yeah. He he was not good in the field. At the plate, he's been fine. And Hatch, I know we're getting him here in just a second, is great in the field, but has been having pitiful at bat after pitiful at bat. He just has. And um, so you saw that switch too. Luke Hancock to first. And, and, and look, Luke Hancock made a – heck of a play over there at first on on Saturday and I know it got reviewed and whole nine yards but I you know Josh Hatcher is a better first baseman than Luke Hancock I don't think anybody would argue that um Hatch had a great play on Friday night but the drop off there is not 
I don't think, incredibly significant, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a drop-off. Right. Hancock is not as good a first baseman as He's Hatcher. Not. But you can, I think, withstand that move. I, you know me. I mean, I've said it repeatedly. I like Hatcher. I think his glove is good enough that if you want to leave him in the lineup, you can darn sure do it. But it's hard to argue with the results you got winning a couple games on Saturday. Although, I mean, in the first game on Saturday, State won the game, but they were 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position, left 13 men on base. It ain't like they were a juggernaut offensively. Um, but, yeah, State was at a point with James making errors and with Hatch not hitting where you had to tweak something. You had to figure something out. And I think State, at least for now, has found its new normal. With Hatcher, I think at the end of the day, this is I can I can sum it up in this sentence. I think you're not going to win a national title with a guy hitting 190 in your lineup. You just can't have that guy in your lineup. You know, hitting 220, 230, sure, sure, I can I can get you there. 190 and and tra- and trending down and, and not even he's not competitive. Is, I was going to say this is the eyeball test, but it's not like he's up there making productive outs. Right. Either. You know, he finally had a chance to make one or have a, a good at bat. <laughs> I mean, this is this is the way it's rolling for him, though. He hits the ball well, but this is in the uh, I guess in the eighth or ninth inning Saturday night after he'd come in as a defensive right. guy. Yeah. He, he hits the ball well right up the middle, but State sends the runner, so the shortstop is heading towards the the bag. And if if State doesn't send the runner there, that ball just shoots through the middle, and he gets a base hit, and everybody's happy. Yeah, make no mistake about it. And this isn't making excuses for Hatcher because, like I said, he he's had some a bunch of bad abs this year, but. There has been there have been some moments where anything that could go wrong went wrong for him too. So he's had he's had a little bad luck and mixed in all that too. Yeah. You, you you mix bad luck with some but bad you make performance your own too. Luck sometimes you know when, you do you sometimes do. when you, when you're when you're when you're hitting it well the ball bounces your way and when you're not it doesn't. Yeah, and I mean he he swings at pitches sometimes. He swung at a couple this weekend that were just, just what are you doing kind he, of thing. He, he's just he's just not it's just not working. And you. Credit to Chris Lamonis. He finally said, okay, I've, I've reached the point where I have to make a change so my team can continue to win. And that's sort of where you are now. So I think that might be the new normal for Mississippi State. Leggett over there at third, uh, Hancock at first, James DHing, and then Cumbus out there in left field. So, I mean, you've completely changed one entire side of the field there. But I think it's for, it's for the best. Um, and I think if you want to take a, really, a positive from this weekend, it's that I don't think State played particularly well, and they still won all three games. And that that's really that's that's the sign of a team that that is it's it's hasn't reached its potential yet. They're still getting there, and then you know they're they're playing well though. They're now fourteen and seven in the conference. They're game out of first. I haven't checked the Vandy Florida score today. Have I haven't you? either. I have not give that a look over there. But uh, should be going on right now. They are a they were a game out of first last night. They could be uh, a game is uh, it's two one Florida. In the second, as we are recording, so that's not you know that game's got a ways to go. But at the end of the day, state is in the hunt for the SEC championship. They're probably at this point an absolute dead red dead lock to be a national seed and to host all the way through the super regional process. And they're they're going to be one of the favorites to get back to Omaha. They they've done it at this point. This is the point that normally we would be having this conversation in you know late May. We're going to have it here the first weekend of May because we know what's about to come. And if you're looking ahead for Mississippi State, well, South Carolina just got handled by Ole Miss. You got to think you can take that series. I think you can take the series, and then Missouri and Alabama. You, you think you can at least take sweep one. You win should be one. able. To, in all honesty, in your, right, your remaining nine games, you should be no worse than seven and two. Yeah. 
And at seven and two, you're I push you twenty one and nine. Twenty one and nine. You may not win the conference at twenty one and nine. That's that tells you how strong the conference is this year. Arkansas is just so good. But Arkansas dropped a game. They dropped a game to LSU. Twenty one and nine is a fantastic record. Like I said, you will, you are probably the number three or four national seed. I think state's RPI is up to two as we are recording right now. Uh, so yeah, all good for Mississippi State. And give Lamonis the credit again in that, that you know we we know some coaches like to tinker. They like to just change the lineup for lineup sakes. That's not Chris Lamonis' style. But again, when he makes changes, they seem to work. Now maybe he's just a lucky guy, and we should take him to the casino. But I tend to think it's more about he. Yeah, well, he's by he he knows what he's doing. On the when you get lucky a lot, at some point it ain't luck. Now you're right. And you know, if you go up to the plate and you're ten for ten, somebody says, "Oh, you're lucky." Well, you may get a lucky couple of those, but yeah. some of those. You're ten just for good. ten is you, and, you know how to hit. And, and, and from a coaching standpoint, when most of the decisions you make work, well, that probably means you're a good coach. And Chris Lamonis is. And you know he came into Mississippi State a couple years ago with the reputation of being the big time recruiter and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I think you know there's some question: what kind of coach is he? Well, I think in the last, I'll, I'll say two and a half seasons, whatever you want to count last year as. I mean, he's proven to to be really good. No. And he's he sticks with guys. He gives guys chances to battle out of things. When he sees it's time to make changes, he makes them. There has been – I mean, there was some guy in the second uh, deck. And this is, if you're a listener, I'm not hating on you. I just I just heard you on Saturday. Somebody got a base hit against the shift. And uh, you're like, quit shifting, Lamonis, or something like that. Like, most of the time the shift works. Yeah. Like, I know it's not going to work every, every time. Imagine but, if you were batting 800. And then – can you imagine, like, on the one at bat where you didn't get a hit? Someone's like, you need to change your approach. <laughs> the shift works like 80, 85% of the time. I mean, yeah, it's going to burn you on occasion, but, yeah, but you know, it, it, the way State has used it more often than not, it worked. has helped. It's worked. Um, if, you, if you're a person who, you know, you think, I don't, know, I don't like Lamonis, he's not emotional enough, you should have watched that ninth inning, or that eighth, I guess it was the eighth inning, uh, when, <laughs> with nobody could get anybody out, and he was making those walks out to the mound. Yeah. You could see how irate he was. It was incredible. Um, all in all, for Mississippi State, like I said, we knew this last month of the season was sort of not going to define the season. It was just going to basically tell us how high this team could go. They have a, I mean, they, they have a chance to finish their final twelve games ten and two. Yeah, that's it's fantastic. crazy, man. And, and we had this conversation in the press box on Saturday. Um, me and Robbie, and I think you were joining in every now and then too with it. But State has not played. It feels like. State hasn't played its best all year. No. Like, it feels like they've done all this with a flat tire a little bit. I, I think State has had games where they played really well, but they haven't played a series at, at the highest level, I don't think. I don't. Th- I mean, I thought that the, the Friday game against Ole Miss, they played really well. I thought the Saturday game at LSU was really good. I thought the game against Texas was really good. But three games in a row, that hasn't happened. So I don't know if that, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like it's a good thing because I think it can happen. But yeah. It's a bad thing; it hasn't happened yet, and there's, and, gonna, and, there's and, coming a point where it's going to have to happen. Yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing, like you said, in that it shows how gritty and how tough, and this group just finds ways to win. But at some point, what you see is what you are. Yeah, you know, maybe this team is just a team that's going to have to scrape and claw for everything it gets. Yeah, but if that's the case. Well, heck, they're getting, they're getting pretty much everything they want. I, I mean, it, it's not always pretty. It's not always easy. 
but when has anything the Mississippi State way ever been easy? So this team has kind of epitomized that. Yeah. They've they make it ugly sometimes, but they more often than not get the job done. On the road this week at the Citadel, a homecoming for Chris Lamonis, and then three games at South Carolina. That's the week for Mississippi State baseball. Four and a week, and you should be when it's all said and done. No worse than the three or four seed. I think you'd rather be the three seed if that's the case, obviously. I'd like to avoid. I don't know who the one seed's going to be. I think it's going to be Arkansas. But it kind of feels like, doesn't it, if State had won just one game against Arkansas, yeah, no, that, they, that they would be well, competing be for like the, the number one national seed. They, they might be number one in the nation right this second. They might be. But but they didn't. They so. Didn't, so. <clears throat> or if they had just won that extra game against Vandy. Yeah, they're, they're one win away from being whatever doubt people have about Mississippi State. They wouldn't have any if they had won one more game, either against Arkansas or against Vanderbilt. But it is what it is. Let's move on over to football. That's brought to you by good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I'm telling you right now, guys, I, 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 have, I have told you everything I need to tell you about Welcome Home Beef. Maybe, maybe that should just be the ad. Just be like, you know what? You know. What do I need to tell you? But I, I, keep, I keep preaching the message here that Welcome Home Beef. And if you don't know, that's on you. Like, at this point, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's just a great product, great locally sourced uh, grain-fed beef, the best you can get. The the company, the the, the cattle is, is managed by guys who have been doing this their whole lives. They know they know the cow. They know the beef. Eat it right off the hoof. <laughs> Great local business. They're providing uh, meat across this state now. You've always got the shop here in Starkville where you can get more than just steaks. They've got so many great cuts and specialty products there. It's just everything you need. If you want to have a great cookout, like maybe this weekend, I don't know. Sounds like a good idea. It sounds like I think Welcome Home Beef needs to be a stop on your list. Don't just go to the grocery store. Go to Welcome Home Beef and see what they've got to offer you there. If you're not living in Starkville, hey, give them a call. See if they'll ship to you. 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. Two brothers. It's not my tasting good. Just, I can't give enough high praise to two brothers. It's just, it's just, it's just the best. You know, if somebody comes from Starkville, we've got some of the easiest ad reads. Because, I know, like, man. It's just, I know there, there are some people out there that's like, oh god, I hate this place, but they pay me, and I, I'm sitting here lucky as hell. I'm just like, hey, I love everybody. So <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Advantage Business Systems. I've never used their services, but I, what I say in the ad read there is correct. You don't stay in business for fifty years. If you're terrible at your job, so but I, so I feel pretty confident in that assessment. But everybody else, I'm just like, yeah, go there all the time, you know. And that that should tell you something, you know. Joel and I aren't just sitting here, you know, blowing uh, hot air up your up your pants. We're telling you the truth. Joel and I, if you say Joel, you where do you want to go eat? Two Brothers is probably going to be one of his first choices. Yep. If not, he's going to say Humble Taco. Yep. And if you say, what do you want to go get something to drink? He's going to say, I want to go to Strange Brew. I know that's a fact. Go in here and about. Soon as we say, as soon as, uh, we soon as I give the final woo, the last yeah. woo. So, two brothers, man. What can I tell you? Right there in the heart of the Cotton District, huge patio, fantastic food, great people and service. What's not to like? Go there this weekend. Next time you're in Starkville, if you've ever, if you haven't been to Two Brothers, uh, then you haven't been to Starkville. It's just that simple. You need to head over there next time. Advantage Business Systems, again, forty six years in business, guys. I don't know about you. I'm forty five. And I'm barely hanging on. But they're thriving at 46. Why? Because they take care of their customers. And that's what you want from any business. You want to know that when I, hey, when I call you, you're going to solve my problems. Well, that's what Advantage Business Systems does. They take care of all the products, the problems you have within your business. And then once those, if those problems arise with those products, they give you the customer service you need. 
That's what a great local business does. They've been working here in this state for 46 years. I can't tell you any more than that. You know that the, the results speak for themselves. Call them today. Put them to work for you. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. NFL Draft. Two Bulldogs taken. Marquis Spencer to the Denver Broncos. Pick 253 in the seventh round. And Kylan Hill does indeed get drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Who says the, the Packers don't draft weapons for Aaron Rodgers? They got him the, the leading rusher in the SEC from two seasons ago. If you're a Mississippi State player, you should fit right in in Green Bay, right? Cheese? I mean, Cheese? State? It's a cheese. farm community. I mean, it's an agricultural area. <laughs> the only difference is it is butt cold. <laughs> Colder than a pawnbroker's heart, as Jim Ross might say. Um, but, but that said... If you had to tell me a place to drop Kylan Hill, that might be the place because he's got the support structure around him. Four former Bulldogs on that roster now, I believe. Preston Smith, Will Redman, Elton Jenkins, who would have played with Kylan, and uh, and uh, uh, Will Redman. No, I'm sorry, Hunter Bradley. Hunter Bradley. So you've got some, some quote, family. you got some dogs up in here. Yeah. Woof, Plus, woof. I have to make an assumption, and I could be wrong. I would imagine that Kylan Hill, uh, there was an Ole Miss guy, Royce Newman. They probably have had some dealings. They might know each other. So I think it's a good situation for Kylan. Um, I think he's got the talent. We'll just have to see. You know, Wish him the best. Just have to see. I don't know. I think Marquis Spencer might have been the best pro prospect on the, on the team. Um, everybody needs defensive linemen. Denver is a team that, you know, Vic Fangio, the defensive coordinator, former defensive coordinator, he's a defensive head coach. He knows how to get the best out of defensive players, so I think that might be a good fit for him. I don't, I don't think that if I'd have asked you the other day, if I'd have guaranteed you Mississippi State's getting two draft picks in this year's draft, you wouldn't have said Spencer, would you? You'd have said Errol and Kylan, right? I probably, but I, if you told me it was Spencer, I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked. Yeah, I'm not shocked either. But I was a little bit surprised that State got two drafted and Thompson wasn't one of the two. Like, I almost... I guess I'm not surprised because Errol is a old-school linebacker a little bit. You know, I talked to Jim, Coach Jim Moore Jr. on CowbellCorner.com about him, and that's what he was talking about with Errol, that, that he was kind of that old-school Mike linebacker. Mm-hmm. Just that guy that, you know, 20, 25 years ago... May have oh. been high in the draft. <laughs> like, yeah, we I mean, talked about Reggie Perry so much and how, like, if this was 20 years ago, he'd have been a top-five pick. I, I think you could say something very similar about Errol Thompson. Yeah, uh, so maybe that's why. But, I don't know, I just I thought Errol, I thought Errol would be a sixth- or seventh-round guy. I thought somebody would take a chance on him. Yeah. So catch me up if I'm wrong on these, all right? There's three Falcons. Yep. Errol Thompson, Marcus Murphy, and Kobe Jones. That's right. Uh, Osiris Mitchell has gone to Dallas. Dallas. Dorian Parker has gone to Chicago. Duh, Bears. Uh, Greg Island has headed to Seattle. Yep. Did I miss anybody? That's all that I know of. Okay. Now, if something has happened in the last few hours, that I may seen. have missed it. Yeah. So those are your Bulldogs headed to the NFL. We'll see. Yeah. If you're wondering, though, you're, you're going to be thinking, like, gosh, you know, we've had first and second round picks. What's what happened? This is sort of the culmination of the 16-17 classes. If you go back and look at the 2016 class for Mississippi State, Outside of Jeff Simmons, you didn't have a lot of, of can't miss guys. Um, you know, Kobe Jones is in that class. Marquis Spencer's in that class. Errol Thompson's in that class. Um, but beyond that, 
I mean, Jamal Couch, Stuart Reese, C.J. Morgan, Corey Charles, Dante Jones, Lashard Durr, Jordan Thomas, Juco guy. He's already he's been in the NFL. But for the most part, you know, Dantzler's in that class. So is Dorian Parker and Island. Those are the lower-rated guys that turned out to be a lot better. But you just didn't have a lot of headliners in that class. And then the next year, 2017, is, of course, the year where State goes heavy on Juco. So all those guys are, are gone already. You know, you had Willie Gay, who's also gone. Kylan Hills, the, 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 those are the highest-rated high school guys other than Keaton Thompson. And then you had Chauncey Rivers and Jonathan Abram and, and all those JUCO guys. So this was always going to sort of be like this. There wasn't a lot of, of talent available for the NFL to draft in this class. Next year it should start picking back up a little bit. Including a possible first-rounder. Yeah, I've already seen a couple of mock drafts that list Charles Cross as a potential first-rounder, which would be sort of you know rough for Mississippi State to only get two years out of that kid. But, I mean, if he's going to be a first-rounder, you got to go. Uh, and then I, I think if Leach's offense develops the way you want it to, the stats will put somebody else into, into some consideration in terms of wide receivers, Malik Heath maybe, yeah. somebody like that. Uh, I think Aaron Brule is, is an NFL guy. Obviously Martin Emerson, Emerson. is an NFL guy. Uh, and then we'll have to see. You know, we'll have to see around that. Jaden Crumity could be an NFL guy. We'll see. So I think next year you'll see some more guys, you know, mid-rounds. Maybe like I said, a potential first-rounder with Cross uh, for sure. So from guys that I are, I guess le- Pickering could be. I mean, he hadn't had enough on film, I don't think to. Yeah, but I mean, the he, talents there. The talents there, and age-wise, he could go. He could go. Like, so. well, we'll go from guys who are leaving to guys who are coming in. Well, Mike Leach has gone back into the state of Texas for a quarterback commitment. Braden Locke, uh, six foot, one hundred and eighty pounder, out of Rockwall, Texas, three star uh, composite on the twenty four seven Sports. Uh, chose MSU over offers from North Carolina, Miami, and Arkansas. Uh, in his high school career, has been a two year starter out there, uh, completing about seventy, just under seventy percent of his passes for around seventy five hundred yards, ninety three touchdowns to only fifteen interceptions. That's a very productive uh, lines for him. This was the guy. It seemed pretty early on that State was locked in on. I think that their first choice might have been Tanner Bailey, who ended up committing to uh, Oregon. Uh, but as soon as Bailey was off the board, Locke seemed to be the guy that, no pun intended, Mike Leach was locked in on. Uh, no surprise that Leach could go into Texas and, his, and get these guys. I think this is going to become a, a trend, to be totally honest with you, Joel. I think State, I think Texas is going to become a pipeline for Mississippi State in terms of quarterbacks because the legend of Mike Leach still lives there. Yeah, I, I think you're right, man. And it, well, it's not just quarterbacks. Though. I mean, you, you look at how State got uh, Teddy Knox out of, out of Texas in last year's class. I mean, it's... State has a lone star pipeline now, <laughs> a little bit starting with, with, with Leach. We'll see if that continues. Um, when we talk about quarterbacks and Mike Leach, like I don't care what his name is. I don't care what his measurables are. You just kind of feel like Mike Leach knows what he's doing. Yeah. And and that's where I am with Braden Log. I mean, look, he's almost a, he's a half three-star it's guy It's the same anyway. thing with Mullen. When Mullen signed a quarterback, I just assumed Mullen knew what he was getting. You know, didn't really, I didn't really worry that much about – the, the only time I worried about was Dylan Favre. But I knew that was just because they just they missed on guys. But for the most part, especially once you saw what Dak was becoming, it's like Mullen knows what he's getting. Mike Leach is the exact same way. Different kind of quarterbacks. Yeah. But I, the, I believe in their, the, their abilities to recognize, evaluate, and develop quarterbacks. Yep. Yeah, so uh, 
it's going to be so interesting to see these these quarterback dynamics over the next few years because with the you look now you got the one time transfer thing is there and you got several guys on state's roster right now whether it's Robertson whether it's Will Rogers you know and here in a year or so assuming he sticks with his commitment Braden Locke's going to be here you know it kind of feels like two out of the three of those guys won't be there for the end of their Mississippi State career right it kind of feels like somebody one or two of them is going to – they have the talent to play somewhere and start somewhere. Quarterback's such a tough spot. There's only one. There's only one. Yeah. You're not, you're not getting two on the field. You know, the you're not, you, but this is how college athletics is done. It is. You, you sign quarterbacks every year, and the, the good ones will play, and the other ones will, will head out. And they may be good, too, but you can only you know live with what you got. You almost kind of have to hope you can find a quarterback that's good, but like – just gets happy with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of tough. To I mean, do. you know, you look so, at we're talking about Alabama. Uh, Tua and Mac Jones are in the same class. That is a rare thing that a guy's willing to just sit it out on the bench and wait his turn. You know, Mac Jones could have gone other places. He was originally committed to Kentucky. You know, I don't see a situation where you know, just speaking honestly, if Sawyer Robertson comes in and wins the job, well, then this next next year we're talking about Will Rogers probably isn't here. And, you know, we'll see where you go with Braden Locke. But if Sawyer Robertson is the starting quarterback, well, for Braden the next Locke, four years, in a couple of years, it's going to head out. And, but you just keep bringing guys in. That's why you, some people talk about this in recruiting. You have to sign a quarterback every year. Yeah. You have to sign a running back every year. Yep. And you figure it out from there. And, the, you know, especially even in this, especially in this transfer portal age, you know, there's always going to be guys. You know, guys are heading out, guys are heading in. So, uh, state's class ranked 13th nationally. Again, this time a year ago, that class was in the 50s. Um, and they still still are waiting on commitments from the top in-state guys that they feel are go- they're going to get, of, of which the top ten, I think six of them are mi- considered to be leading to Mississippi State. This is going to be a pretty good class when it's all said and done. Now, it's not going to finish 13th. It'll finish in the top 25, though. They're a top ten class right now, according to Rivals. They're number ten. I don't look at Rivals. No offense to Daniel Black. Nice enough kid, but... I don't. What are, what are we doing here? Well, I was just trying to boost them up even higher. You know, it's, it's pump a little let's, sunshine. Let's just stick with the guys who we, we we trust in this business, <laughs> shall we? You know, not a bunch of people who are angry. You know, ball one. So, thirteenth nationally. It feels like, and I think we've talked about this before. It feels like any concerns you had about Mike Leach's recruiting, you could probably just put those to bed. This the staff seems to know what they're doing. Um, I'm interested to see with the new recruiting coordinator, Matt Dudek, you know, how to do things change a little bit. Um, Jay Hobson, what is he going to bring to the table? But by and large, the staff this hat that, that, that is handling recruiting for Mississippi State is doing a fantastic job. Very interested to see what this class looks like maybe in a, uh, uh, towards the middle of June once camps start happening and guys like Stone Blanton and Bryson Hurst and uh, uh, Don Terry Russell, who are all big Mississippi State leans, uh, when they start pulling the trigger for those commitments, what does this class look like? It could very well go into the season in the top ten, which would just be really something interesting uh, to behold. To my knowledge, there are no uh, letters coming about women's uh, basketball or track regarding these recruiting rankings. But if you do have any violations, keep them to your damn self. <laughs> we'll close it up on that note. Tomorrow's show, a little basketball and football for sure. Uh, and then we'll, uh, I'm sorry, baseball and football for sure. Uh, we'll look ahead to the week uh, for Mississippi State. 
Guys, have a great uh, rest of your Sunday and a Saturday, uh, Monday, and we'll talk to you again on uh, on Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.